Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. It is week two of self-isolation and uh, we are still doing our best here to stay indoors and uh, keep ourselves away from everyone else outside. Uh, so we're here with Andrew Trimble. You're back in the box room. I am, yes. I'm uh, very excited about today's episode. It's a bumper edition. It's like uh, it's like Baz and Andrew Omnibus on a Sunday. It's like three episodes of EastEnders all squeezed into one. Yeah, this is going to be a long show. We've got, for all of you that have been asking, where's Fla? We've got Fla back on the show. He's going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, we've also got, a, got an interview with Pat, who met up with uh, Jack Carty last week, or at least talked to him over the phone. Um, I also chatted to Rugby United New York's Mark O'Keefe last night to see how um, America is coping with the coronavirus. Um, and then you've been doing some penguin work. Yes, I've I've hit it off with the penguin online. <laughs> I've been flirting with Sam for about a month now, and uh, now it was time just to to check out if I was getting catfished or not. Um, but he doesn't disappoint. Brilliant. All right. Well, look, we've got. We're going to get, I think, I think we'll get him on to join us with our album and movie reviews. This week we have picked Luke Besson's thriller, Leon, and the best Smashing Pumpkins album they ever released. Uh, but before that, here's Vlad joining us on the line from his housebound in Killaloo. Welcome back to the show, Jerry Flannery. Vlad, it's been a few weeks. Uh, things have changed massively. Um, it's not quite alien overlords, which we've talked about before, but we are in very different circumstances now. How are you doing in lockdown? Just getting fatter. Just getting considerably fatter. A man with an insatiable, an insatiable appetite for busyness and food. So you're just busy making food and eating it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's like, it's, I was, it's like, and I'm watching a lot of Netflix as well in the evening. So we were watching Goodfellas the other day and I realized that my days, like, you know, when they get put in jail in Goodfellas and they make the whole day around making dinner. So yesterday was fish pie. So I spent the whole day making fish pie and going through every fish pie recipe I could find on the internet. And then I did crushed up crisps on top of the mashed potato and grated cheese over that. It was pretty good. Had that with a salad yesterday. A couple of glasses of white wine. Yeah, I'm just getting fatter yeah. and fatter. So what? That's your. What's your? What's your day like? Are you training? Are you? You just moved into new house, so you've got a lot of work to do there, I presume. Um, it's just trying to keep routine for the kids more than anything. It's um, uh, we get up and might do some get up. The kids are generally up around seven, so then we we try and have breakfast at eight, and then we'll go with uh, you know that Joe Wicks. He does those workouts and we the kids, we do a workout with Joe Wicks then uh, on YouTube at nine o'clock after they've had their Sorry, breakfast. Sorry, I am not aware of that. That's a, some guy does a workout for kids. Yeah, we were doing that as well. Yeah. No way. Um, what kind of stuff? He just does like lunges and squats and burping. Spider-Man lunges. Spider-Man Spider lunges, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lunge and then send your web. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, Mike, is this what is this what strength and conditioning training is now?" I was like, ah, ah, ah. But um, yeah, well, it, it was good. So we do that with the kids, burns a bit of energy off, 
And then they were trying to keep routine for them. And then they'd have a snack then, like they would when they were at creche. And then we do some arts and crafts with them, painting or, or jigsaws and stuff like that. And then we're trying to just keep keep some sort of structure on the day. Mm, so it's hard to, you're full on with the kids. It's hard to get any time for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or like I, before lockdown, I was going into the pub and I was doing a bit of work in the pub, um, just painting and stuff like that. But that's that's done now. So it's it's just, I think it's just important for the kids that we just keep some sort of structure on the day because it's easy to get up and do, you know, just float around. So mm. we had a picnic, we had a picnic yesterday, but it was freezing. We went down to the garden, sandwiches and crisps. And uh, we just had to sit there like myself and Katie, freezing while the kids were running around. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Trimby, you haven't gotten quite a full lockdown yet up there, have you? Uh, yeah, we are. I think we are. Um, and pretty much um, full lockdown. I, I, I can't see how much more lockdown it can become. Everybody's, you're only allowed to work if you're a key worker. You're not allowed to drive um, for any other reason than going to uh, get medical supplies, going to chemist, going to the doctor or getting food. Uh, and you're allowed to exercise once a day. Um, is there a radius? Is there a radius on where you can go? No. I think that I think that's maybe the the main difference between you guys. Two two kilometers down there, isn't it? Down in mm. um down in the nineteen in the nineteen eighties, it's uh, two kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, the physical distancing thing has gone to another level. I think we were right last week when we were saying uh, the social distancing was kind of like a a thing for people to do, where they were like, oh, let's go social distance. So they were going out to to just stand close to each other, but not you know. <laughs> a few meters whereas physical distancing and just staying the fuck away from people is uh seems to yeah I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see the effect that this will have on us all if this goes on for a long period if this goes on for 12 16 weeks um like at the i was at the co-op the other day and and i, and I walked down one aisle and then i saw this this lady and we both turned and went back and we both ended up in the next aisle, looked at each other, like, rolled her eyes again. <laughs> it was like we were playing Pac-Man and she was the bad guy. She was like this. I was like run, running from her. but try and manipulate a course that would allow me to pick up the things that I needed. And then... The cherry, uh, cherries and the cakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um have you noticed? I, I I've noticed that whenever you walk past people in the aisle, whenever you do have to kind of go past them, everybody does. Everybody kind of everybody wants to be polite. I think everybody's being very friendly, and but their body language is saying something different. Everybody wants to kind of show some community spirit and some solidarity, but then you're also walking past each other and you're like not wanting to to breathe or breathe in. <laughs> Holding your breath. Yeah. Everyone's like I was. This. I was I was walking down the bank in uh, UL the other day. My my bank that I do that I do the walks on where the hogweed journalist lives, and uh, my mates' parents were cycling towards me, uh, which I'd say they never cycle. But now that this is happening, they've decided to get their BMXs out and they go for cycles. So they were cycling towards me on the small path, and I they waited till they were about ten feet past me to then stop to social distance. Well, he did. Well, she did, but she didn't tell her husband. And then he cycled into the back of her, and the two of them fell off their bikes. In the bushes. <laughs> and like, they were both trapped underneath each other's bikes. And then, 
I couldn't help them because I'm social distancing. So I was just standing there like, ah, like this, like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're about two feet away from rolling into the river, which would have been unbelievable because the river is only a foot deep, like, so it wouldn't have been dangerous, but it would just have been the cream on the, on the top of the cake, like just to see the two of them drown, like drowned rats. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, and I was uh, telling um, just on on the topic of cycling. Jack learned to ride a bike the other day. A young fella. Oh man! Yeah, coronavirus has been brilliant for 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 that development. I suppose <laughs> we're looking for silver linings to the cloud of you know. Um, That's yeah. with stabilizers or what? No stabilizers. Um, uh, and weirdly. Been trying it with him all week, um, just half an hour every evening, kind of just running alongside him on and just just holding his shoulders and kind of pushing him, just giving him enough momentum. And then um, Anna came out and, and I'd been nervous about letting him go for any length of time, just let him go for a wee second, then hold on, let him go, trying to develop that confidence. And then Anna came out and goes, well, Jack, how are you getting on? And he just walked over, picked up his bike and took off on it by himself. <laughs> it was class. He just wow. took off down the hill, flying, no bother. Good man, Jack. Yeah, I know. It was a big moment uh, in the Trimble household last week. Yeah. Mm. Any, any, any developments? You, Flack, wrestling with the kids? Uh, just got a lot of energy. And Eli's been, they, yeah, they've just been a little bit aggressive. So just trying to make sure that they're they're getting their energy out so that they're not taking it out on each other um, or me. <laughs> I got a kick in the head going to bed the other day. So, um, yeah, it's just, just uh, they're the same as us. They just need, they're just getting bored and just getting, I suppose they just can't go in and make food for themselves all day. So that's, that's somewhere I can do that. So otherwise yeah. just get them to run around and just do loads of, we're going to have some unbelievable amount of, uh, they're going to be like finger painting jigsaws puzzles coloring in all that stuff man and you think you think that stuff takes a long time but it doesn't like i'd be like right i'll do these jigsaws that'll take an hour and like within 15 minutes they've got the jigsaws done and i'm like oh god what's next <laughs> and then yeah i know um we we have you um Fla, have you had them on on their ipads or phones or are you trying to avoid that because we we avoided that for the first few days and we realized they're long days. We need to just kill them. Like they actually need a bit of chill out, <clears throat> chill out time. But Jack kind of gets wound up playing Angry Birds. So we always have to say to him before Jack, it's Angry Birds, not Angry Jack. He <laughs> 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 just uh, throws a tantrum at the end of every um, kind of 15 minute Angry Bird block. Um, but we've had to bring in, we've brought him a few we, um, like educational games on the iPad. Um, for like spelling and, and numbers and stuff like that, and he's actually getting into those, which is a little bit more healthy than Angry Angry Birds. Mm. Disney Plus is getting a good a good going in the house now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have you watched in Disney Plus? Uh, what shit? We're going through so much. I'm like, uh, what do we watch? <clears throat> Moana, Tangled. Um, we watched Beauty and the Beast the other day. Uh, we watched Monsters Inc. Um, we watched <coughs> Zootopia was pretty good. Um, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. But just trying to keep like like you're saying, you're trying to spread it out, like not having watching TV all day. So 
we just try and keep it. But there there comes a time when you hit like maybe three o'clock when you're knackered and you just try and give them some TV time. And then if you can get out, get some get some sort some sort of fresh air and then get them back in again. Yeah, how do you find something? We've got to find something for ourselves in this. Like, it can't be just us hanging out with the kids all day, right? You got to do something that keeps because this could go on for two months, um, so or a couple of months anyway, where it's going to be maybe not as severe a lockdown, but um, we've got to get some sort of proper routine. Have you any plans? Are you, are you is that the way you're thinking? That's definitely the way I'm thinking. Like, I need to get a couple hours every day where I'm doing some proper work or. Um, I'm trying to train. I'm trying to train a little bit, um, but uh, it's hard to get into a routine. Because until we get the kids into a routine, then I, then I kind of struggle in a little bit. I did your. I tried to do your hundred press ups in four minutes, Buzz. <laughs> How did you do? Got to eighty one. Eighty <laughs> one. How did you break it up? Um, twenty five, and then fifteen, and then. 10 and then like all the way down to like twos and ones at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's tough is this yeah i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to do it every day maybe by next week or the week after i'll have got the 100 yeah you'll get it after a few days it's good start. i think 20 20s 15s then 10s all the way should be grand yeah don't grow gas early <laughs> yeah four minutes training every day so yeah uh, yeah you think the 25 in the first minute was too much yeah, that extra five will blow you at the end, I think. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Fly? You doing much training? Uh, doing a bit, yeah. Doing a bit, just, but like, go f- I suppose running now is kind of, I went for a run this morning, but you can only run so far. So, <clears throat> went for a run, then just doing press-ups and swinging a kettlebell the odd bit. But it's it's not, it's it. you can't out-train the amount of food I'm eating, so. Mm. But it makes me feel good anyway. And doing the Joe Wick stuff in the morning is good with the kids as well. Mm. Spider-Man lunges. Yeah. Um, uh, watching any rugby? I haven't watched. I've watched uh, a few classic games over the last few days. I think that could be something we should do is maybe review a classic game over one of these weeks. Um, I watched the All Blacks, New Zealand, or the All Blacks, Ireland game, Chicago Trimby. Uh, oh. It's a good game. Jesus, it's a good game. Played well. Um, well done <laughs> you were great <laughs> thank you uh, thank you I also watched <clears throat> I watched the All Blacks versus versus England in 1997 um, which was a 27 all draw in Twickenham and like New Zealand had Lomu and Colin and Jeff Wilson and Mertens and uh, England was Matt, had was Matt Perry Matt Perry full back for England yes I had completely forgotten he existed and he was brilliant yeah, and they would have had that little. What was it? They had a little winger as well. They had. Uh, yes. What was his name? He used to play for Sale. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I've forgotten his name as well. Um, he was good. He was up against Lomu, like, and he he mm. managed them all day. Um, do you remember that game? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. England were like twenty three five up, and like the it's amazing because it was obviously just the, at the turn of professionalism, so. It, the standards were so crap at certain certain parts of the game like the defence they were still just race like one guy just sprinting out of the line and, and uh, it was like the, the no one had coached them defence the strength and conditioning wasn't great lads weren't in brilliant shape there wasn't a huge amount of organisation even the way they passed the ball just seemed so uh, laboured but um, 
fuck, it was a good game, man. Were they Tim's still? Was it still that that era where um, players naively thought, like, if their hips told the defender <laughs> one thing, <laughs> yeah, 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 that the defender would fall for that? Was that that was yeah. probably there was just about the end of that, was it? Loads <laughs> yeah. of dummies, like, like, and they were never yeah. just they were never just showing the ball. They were always a full oh, dummy, yeah, full yeah. Dummy, he, like windmill dummy. <laughs> Ian Jones was playing second row for for New Zealand and threw a few beautiful dummies like a basketball player. Um, Austin Healy was playing on the wing for England. Um, had a few good dummies. Uh, Green Rick- Greenwood was a. Baz, did Richard Cockrell have a thing with the with the Kiwi hooker before the before the hacker for that game? I think. Oh, I missed the start of it, man. I didn't see the hacker. I think they I think they might have had like some sort of Barney beforehand. Um, yeah, I remember the game. Such a his his collar came up to here, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Frank Bunce and Walter Little in the centre for New Zealand uh, were phenomenal, man. Good times. I'd recommend watching stuff like that. It was, uh, it was really good. Where'd you get? Where would you get that? It's on Sky Sports. I'd say you'd find it on on YouTube. YouTube has loads of those kind of games. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Monster also, but the Monster Supporter Club are also uh, picking their their top fifteen Monster team in the professional era. Have you seen that, Flat? I wouldn't uh, feel bad. I I did not. It's on Twitter. You voted for me. You pushed your numbers up nicely <coughs> on Twitter. Poor Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Mullins. Yeah. It was a little bit shameful. <laughs> Come on. It was because Topoki had like 90% of the votes and the rest of us were just like, looked so crap. So I got a few of the Penguins on board to, yeah. to vote for me and I, I got bumped up to a, a respectable 20-something percent. Oh, yeah. Uh, you were, I think you were even higher than that. Whenever I saw it, you were, you weren't that far off the pokey, um, and it was, it was a two-horse race. Whenever I saw it, maybe, maybe it dropped a little bit. Maybe people came to their senses and started, started moving the other direction. <laughs> uh, yeah, look. But who was, who was, who was fifteen? Fifteen was Zeebs actually. Yeah, um, yeah. They put him in against Sean Payne and Dennis Hurley, I think, maybe or maybe Felix. Felix, I think. Uh, Zeebs kind of, I think he came out ninety percent on top. Um, Dougie on the other wing again, landslide. Spokey uh, at thirteen. I think I I might just get in on the bench. I don't think they're picking a bench, but uh, I'm going first. Uh, Maths, I think, came in twelve. Halstead was up there. It was a neck and neck race for the two of them, but I think uh, Mask came in as 12. Earlsey uh, on the left wing. They didn't even give any opposition for Raj. They just said <laughs> a load of different moments that Raj uh, had in his career, like uh, the drop goal against Northampton, the kick uh, against Leicester, Leicester. Was it over there? And he's kicked yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which... I, I, funnily enough, do you remember that game, Flan? Um, was Were you it, both injured? No, oh, I think I was playing. I was playing that day. If it's the right one, where where he kicked, no. where Donica scored. Where Donica scored. Man, Donica yeah. ran from halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was I don't think you were day. playing that game, were you? I was, yeah, yeah. Um, I came back 
that was one of my first games back after breaking my leg. And uh, I was, I think Andy Goode had a kick to win it after Raj, maybe. And uh, I was under the post and there was silence in the crowd. Uh, Like you could hear a pin drop. And one of my mates, Garv, uh, Carl Garvey, who is now the video analyst for Australia's rugby uh, senior team, he shouted out at the top of his lungs, uh, loud noises. Do you remember that from a brick from... uh, from Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loud noises, and there was fucking war. People like screaming, a boob. <laughs> Andy Good had to reset himself with the kick and uh, missed it. And we won the game, it was phenomenal. Uh, but then I think tomorrow, who it's it's up for scrum half today. So every day, Flat are picking a, a, a player, so they've only had scrum half today between Murray, Strings, and Tomas. Mm, that'd be an interesting one. Mm. I think the back row is where it'll get pretty interesting. Mm. Foley, Leamy, Quinny, Wally, Peter Hanny, Jim Williams, Jim Williams, CJ. Yeah, I'd say you'll make it. Uh, I probably have to compete with Woody, man. I'd say you'd have to give Woody that. Yeah, I forgot about Woody. Oh well, you you want you achieved more in the Monster jersey. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll give you that one. Okay, yeah. take it. Yeah. You watching any other rugby? No, I literally don't have any time at all during the day, apart from when we put the kids to bed. Put the kids to bed, half eight, we might come up. Like, half the time we've been going to bed really early as well. Um, is that is anyone else doing that, like going to bed really early? Yeah, I'm going to bed pretty early. I don't know how, Barry, I don't know how you're getting through so much stuff. You're... Um, you sent through into the group that you'd, you'd read that book that Cooney um, was talking about, Silence is the Key. Did you just read that off the back end, um, mentioning it on, on Monday? Yeah, well, I've listened to it on Audible. So I walked the kids for two hours. It's seven hours long on Audible. Um, so I got through it pretty quick. Absolutely. Seven hour, seven hour walk and the kids are like gone. <laughs> <laughs> Distended bellies. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, over three days. Um, it's, uh, it's very good. It's bizarrely uh, appropriate for the time we're living in because it's called Stillness is the Key Flat. It's Ryan Holiday. Cooney was telling about us about it last week that he's reading it. And uh, it's basically about taking a bit of a, a pause or a sus and just um, calming down and, and not filling your life with just busyness or being a busy fool. It's kind of uh, going for walks, having solid routine, um, just taking time to spend time on your own and think uh, a lot. And uh, yeah, it's very powerful. Highly recommend it. Because I think there's opportunities for us to, to do stuff like that now that we've we don't have to be anywhere or or you know you know is that you know there's a lot of people saying that this obviously there's uh, the 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 main thing is there's a lot of people going to get sick and a lot of people are going to die but the you know there's some positives that might come from the fact that life is going to slow down um, and we're all going to have a little bit more perspective on life. Yeah, I don't know. I, I um. I 
I, I feel like I've been more busy since things have uh, since the lockdown, just with the kids. And I, I want to get, as, as Fla was saying earlier on, I want to hopefully get them into a routine that they kind of, not, not that they look after themselves, but they become a little bit more, maybe Jack and Molly become a little bit more dependent on each other and then they can kind of play together independently of us. Um, and then we'll get time to, to read or be a bit more, I don't know, just a bit more time to ourselves maybe. But I, I feel exhausted. I'm knackered all the time because the kids are so busy at the minute. Yeah, um, yeah, agree. <clears throat> yeah, I can't really relate. I can't relate to it too much in that our kids don't do anything yet. They're just lying on the floor. So it's different, I suppose. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's a, it's a good book. But I have, I have had, yeah, I've done loads, watched loads of TV. Have you watched much on Netflix? I started watching a Tiger King last night. Oh, yeah. Yes. Pretty, pretty insane. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Carol Baskin. Yeah. Crazy. Craziness, man. Yeah. Just, How many episodes just, are you in? Uh, I fell asleep last night at the stage where we found out that Carol Baskin's ex-husband uh, went missing and he was a millionaire and uh, we were like what? Yeah. Definitely killed him. Mm, Definitely fed him to the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trinity, this, this is one of the best TV shows I've seen in ever. It's some guy just I think the guy who made it play he's just he went to interview or, or look into how many big cat sanctuaries there are in the States he kind of was intrigued by how many uh, exotic wild cats are living in people's fucking garages and stuff in the in the states. And uh, or actually, he goes initially to look at some guy's snake, and then some fella comes in to look to buy the snake, and he goes, "Oh, I've got a I've got a snow leopard in my car." And they go out and they look at the snow leopard, and then your man just starts this documentary and starts going to these different tiger sanctuaries, and it's. They're the craziest people on the planet. It's like the crazy part of America in a nutshell. Kind of like the way making a murder unfolded in front of your eyes. Like this guy must have been what he's making. I mean, it's over about eight or nine years he makes it. Um, the guy, the main guy's name is, what's his name again? Joe Exotic. Joe, yeah, Joe Exotic. Uh, he's got this blonde mullet and loads of piercings. And yeah, it's... He's usual. got two, hus- two husbands. <laughs> yeah, two husbands. <laughs> Joe Exotic seems like he's a, he would be a contemporary of uh, Tico Loco. Loco Tito. Loco Tico, sorry. <laughs> Which was, uh, we just found out, was the name of Vlad's character in a movie that he made himself back in, when was that? 2006? Oh, no, <laughs> before that. Before that. Uh, called Pathface, which was a film about Colombian drug lords that had moved to Limerick, I believe. Loosely based on a true story, Fla? Nothing to do with me, man. (laughs) (laughs) Go and find find some of your own material, lads, to pad this out. Uh, Yeah. I think we'll find that. I think we'll find that video somewhere. It's pretty brilliant. Uh, with some some rugby players playing drug lords in Limerick. I loved it. Um, all right, so uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap this up, guys. 
get back to your day of eating and watching Joe, Netflix. Joe Wicks. Joe Wicks. Joe Wicks. I'm going to try it. It might be uh, the next step from doing trying to do 100 press-ups. How long does it take? Does it take more than four minutes? Nah, it's 20 minutes, man. 20 minutes. All right. Not too bad. All right, lads. Happy lockdown. Nice okay. one. Good uh, to talk to some adults. <laughs> See you, lads. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. All right, great to have Fla back on the show. Um, and also, last week, producer Pat was lucky enough to catch up with uh, a very big friend of the show, Mr. Jack Carty. Um, uh, Pat and Jack were talking about the campaign Tackle Your Feelings. Um, I'm taking control. And to be fair, Jack spoke very well about the pressures of social media and uh, you know the pressures that that weigh heavily on him uh, as a rugby player. So um, let's have a listen to that. We'll have a chat afterwards. Where are you hold up at the moment yourself? Where's your? I'm in. Um, I'm in Galway. Um, uh, I went back to Atlone last week just to have a, like an isolation chat with my parents, uh, just like yeah. through the door, through the or even the window. Even so, I was chatting to them last week, and then I've been in Galway since. I think it's tougher as well for. Um, like some of my parents at home, my sister only lives up the road with her um her two kids, so their grandchildren are there. In fact, they kinda you know, my parents have kinda had to stay away from their grandchildren as well. It's something that they probably you probably take for granted in some in probably some respects that they're only able to kinda have conversations um with them through like a window or something like that. And then it was the um it was our my godson and uh, nephew's birthday last week, so we all did like a a face call over the phone with him so um it was strange he didn't have a clue obviously what was going on but it was um <laughs> it was it was different so do you know other people in terms of like family and friends who are kind of involved in the kind of fight that's going on or working in hospitals and um doing the day-to-day stuff uh yeah so um my mom would be a healthcare worker and uh, well she was so um i think she may have to in the future, probably get. I give she she's put her name. Uh, there was another that was uh, answer Ireland's caller. There mm. was um some some sort of initiative from the government to try get um um some senior staff back. So she um I think she probably would get tested to clear that so she can go on and work probably. So she'll probably be doing that soon. Um, but no, I've no um other immediate family members who um who are kind of working as uh, as doctors or nurses at the moment. Um, which um. You know, it's to see some of the the people and the kind of sacrifice that they've been doing is, um, is phenomenal. So you can you have to raise your hat, like the stuff that they're doing for the country and the sacrifice they're making to um, you know, ultimately save people's lives is um quite heroic. In your own head, do you reckon um that there might be a way of just kind of that, or this season could almost be in in danger? Like they might just wrap it up for like maybe semis and finals if they have to. Do you think that 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 might be the way it plays out? Yeah, it's you don't really know how it's going to to go. Um, like I know from us, like we're obviously stood down for eight weeks, so that'll what bring us up to like Mayish or that. And you know, with the way kind of messaging has been around it, it, it seems it's going to be probably that and maybe a bit longer. So um, I'm sure whatever decision they will make, it'll be something that um, will be in the best interest of I suppose players and fans' well-being. And um, I but. Yeah, I'd say at this moment in time, you're probably not going to be looking at games till um, 
July, August, and if it's not then, then you'll wonder, will they probably just have to kind of scrap the whole season? Let's say you get out, we all get out of our houses again the next, let's say, give it a month, but what type of Jack Carty is going to emerge in the next month? Jacked? Uh, Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been jacked. I don't think I ever will be, but um, yeah, hopefully I'll be, I will be in um, a lot better um, physical shape and um, I'll look forward to, I suppose, um, seeing my family again and probably the other things that I probably took for granted um, I'll certainly be um, looking forward to kind of being around friends and family again um, I suppose just getting out um, and the simple things having coffee and um, as I said seeing family seeing my uh, nephew and niece again so earlier on in my career um, yeah first thing I would have done probably after majority games would have been um, looking on Twitter and trying to I suppose seek validation online for and how my performance was and I probably didn't seek it internally from coaches and from um, players I did the exact opposite of what people probably say to do when I was on Twitter straight away search my name Um, and you know that was all well and good when I played well but I suppose at an earlier part of my career I would have spoken to you about it um, numerous times before that consistency that I probably had last year wasn't there so one week I'd be top of the world and then the next week if I played poorly and um, you know that would like regurgitate through my whole week and as I reverberate through my whole week and my whole my whole Monday Tuesday Wednesday would have been you know I would have been down the dumps because of what people said about me online and um, and then I suppose the instance that was shared in the video was just a uh, you know it was one particular individual that probably shared a series series of stuff over Facebook for a period of time and you know I obviously came across it and uh, it was probably an unhealthy thing that I was doing at the time, but I was screenshotting them and I kind of had a folder uh, on my phone. And um, at times I probably used that as, um, I thought I was using it as motivation, but I, probably the impact that that was having on me as a as a person probably wasn't um, wasn't healthy and probably um, led me to, you know, in some respects, getting down on myself. So, um, yeah, I had that for a period of time. And I, man, I remember at a function, um, which in the video it, it, it shows that I bumped into this person and they said, Oh, hi, Jack. Um, and I knew this person's name. So I said, hi to that person. Um, and I said, you're, I kind of like always envisage what I'd say to the person. Um, when I met them and then when I met them, I was like, didn't really know what to say. So I was like, you uh, said, what did I, say? I said, you're not, you haven't really wrote anything about me this year or you're not writing anything about me this year. And he was like, that's because you're playing well. And then, that was it and he came across as such a nice person um, and everything that I built up in my head about what this person was like and um, you know it was if I could go back and kind of use the tools that I use now in terms of you know when I was feeling down to speak to friends speak to family use the your feelings app um, and then to not be going kind of searching um, for validation online and looking for what people thought of me kind of just to what my close circle taught of me, what my teammates, what my coach taught of my performance and ultimately detaching what whatever emotion that I had, whether I played a, game, a phenomenal game and got man of the match or where I played a poor game and was subbed after 60 minutes, I tried to just, you know, go about the same way after the game um, and how I lead into the following week as I would, whether it was good or bad. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. All right, good stuff, Jack, and uh, thank you, producer Pat. Uh, Trimby, do you ever feel any effects of uh, social media? I think we might have talked about this before briefly, but um, 
you know, it's becoming ever more, uh, you know, prevalent where people are getting a little bit lippy online and, uh, and it can get quite personal. Um, did you ever experience anything like that? Yeah, it's it's a big thing at the minute, isn't it? Um, uh, obviously, with everything that happened with uh, Caroline Flack outside of rugby and then inside of rugby, obviously, um, pundits and uh, supporters, everybody out there has has an opinion now with social media. So it's it's kind of frightening how how quickly um, that can have a big impact on someone's life. Uh, I think that's Someone a good like, example. Someone like Jack, who's yeah. like the nicest fellow you'd ever meet, and just loves playing ball and such a positive, happy guy. He doesn't like when we came on the show with us last year, I just found him just such a, a nice, normal guy who loved sport and uh, wanted to get on with it and just play and enjoy himself. And like, I feel sorry for him that he's having to, that he, I suppose, having to go through that, but it make him stronger. You'd imagine, wouldn't it? And um, yeah, <clears throat> I think it, it, his, his approach, I find that interesting. he, I think he said, um, maybe Pat will correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think he said he, he took um, screen grabs and then just saved them in a folder. Is that right? Mm. Because um, that I know that seems unhealthy, and for probably most people that is unhealthy. I know um, Raj, and I, I don't think he didn't do that, obviously, but I know he was always aware of who was saying what about him and who he wanted to, to prove wrong, and he used that as ammunition. So... It's not always it's not always negative. I think overwhelmingly the majority of the time it will be negative. But there are some people like Raj. Another one is uh, Tom Court. I remember Tom Court used to get massively motivated. <laughs> um, I just remember one time uh, whenever he wasn't getting uh, picked for Ireland, uh, and then uh, we were playing away to Dragons, and uh, Tom is so fired up. He 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 went over. He scored the worst try of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, because he was so psyched up, he like he went the guy to the crowd. <laughs> but but what what he didn't realize so was, out of character. Was, yeah, but what he didn't realize was that was the disabled section. He was just like shushing the, all the disabled people in the oh, crowd. Wow. <laughs> but he was well, he was really annoyed because. Kidney wasn't picking him at the time, not because disabled people in, in Newport <laughs> were giving him a hard time. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, but anyway, Tom used that as motivation, and he we we always got the best out of Tom whenever he was fired up or he felt like he had a bit of a, a bit of a chip in his shoulder. And I think Rod, you know, maybe plays like that as well. He he maybe played better whenever he had something to prove. I know he always read everything um, that was out there, so. It's not always that, but I think most of the time, if you read stuff, it's going to sit in here and have an effect that you don't want it to have. And obviously, that's what Jack experienced. Yeah, in that book, actually, still, <clears throat> stillness in the, is the key that Cooney was talking about. He uh, he talks about Michael Jordan and uh, when he, I think, maybe he won or uh, he may have been put into the Hall of Fame or something like that. And he'd achieved everything that is possible to achieve at that point. And he got up on the podium and went on a 20 minute rant, um, including all the people that had abused him or uh, that, that had put him down throughout his career or, or didn't pick him and stuff like that. And it sounded absolutely insane, but it was kind of an indication of how much he used that stuff to fuel him uh, and to fuel you know, him becoming one of the best athletes of all time. So I think you need to go whole hog, right? If you're going to do that and use those those things, you need to be like, 
right, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm never going to let it get me down. But you have to be a particular type of person, an obsessed type of person to do that. Uh, yeah. I prefer to just not know about that stuff and get on with it, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I think I think generally, I think most people, that's going to weigh heavily, no matter what. It might be used as extra motivation occasionally, but generally that's going to weigh heavily. And and you're going to hold on to something and carry something around that, that isn't isn't really that healthy. I think generally that's the case. There are one or two people who can do it. Michael Jordan, Tom Court and O'Gara. <laughs> think of the three. <laughs> <laughs> Similar. I'd like to see those three go out for coffee. I'd like to be a fly on the wall and hear that conversation. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, next up we have former St. Michael's and Lansdowne winger Mark O'Keefe who is currently playing his rugby in uh, Major League Rugby in America with Rugby United New York. I caught up with him last night to talk to him about what is going on in New York City at the moment in lockdown and uh, how that's affecting him. So we're going to play that for you now. Mark O'Keefe, how are we doing? Not too bad, how are you? I'm good, man, I'm good, thanks. Uh, You're joining us today from New York City, uh, which, uh, look, there's no sugarcoating it, one of the most densely populated cities uh, on the planet and has now over 60,000 uh, infected people with, with COVID-19. While we're used to seeing New York City as city doesn't sleep, mad, yeah. bustling, um, you know, never stops. How is it on a day like today? Yeah, it's pretty grim, to be honest. Um, it's dead. Everywhere you go is dead. I'm actually, we just moved out of the city. We moved to Staten Island. So, Wow, you can we can see this we can see the skyline from our porch. It's actually a pretty good view, but it just seems like the whole city is completely dead. The subway is empty, streets are empty. But uh, no, it's still it's not it's not it's not all doom and gloom. It's been pretty good weather the last few days, so we've been standing outside and stuff and tanning. So it's not not the worst. Not it the worst. Be, but, okay. Yeah. Um. So you were in the city up until the last couple of days. Yeah, living in Harlem. So it was right. a bit of a reality check moving from. Dublin to Harlem uh, last year, but it was good though. It's actually it's it's complete. Obviously, it's completely different to home, but now it was it was a good experience. City. And was was the reason to get out of there? Like, are you renting a house? Is it an Airbnb or something you're in now to just get you out of the the more populated city or what? No. So obviously, it's great that when we came over, we get housing provided. So we used to have a house in Harlem, um, but we moved all of our training regime to Staten Island. So you've pitched gym, um, physio, everything that we need on Staten Island. So our owner just got us a house on Staten Island. It's actually kind of different. It's good that we have a house instead of an apartment. So like we have a back garden, a front garden, a basement and three floors. So it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's more, it's more, uh, it's more like home out here. But, okay. So, but the New York city is, it's, it's in lockdown officially, uh, for the last couple of days or the last week. Um, is there a sense of panic over there? Do you reckon, or or what's the what's the general vibe around the city? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, like every single morning we wake up and we all reconvene in this uh, convene in the sitting room and we just stick on the news. It seems like every single day it gets worse, and because of the serious, like the vast majority of the vast people that live in New York City, it seems like every single time Trump talks or the governor or the mayor of New York talks, it seems like the severity is get is getting worse and worse. Every single day there's more deaths. Every single day there's more cases. Uh, it's probably it's probably a really bad thing to listen to them sometimes. And sometimes it's better just to stay indoors and go about your normal day. Mm, so sense that they may be not 
they haven't handled it as well as they, they probably should have? I don't think so. But it looks at, I guess, obviously, Irish mammy, my mum's on to me a lot. Uh, it seems like Ireland have done quite well in terms of like locking down the place. I know it's on full lockdown now. Um, you can't go anywhere for two kilometres. But it doesn't. It seems like over here, I know last week it was sunny as well and there was a lot of people in parks. It, it, people were kind of feeling like it's just a holiday. It was like a, bank, a really long bank holiday or something. Like they get the days off work. But uh, no, I think now the severity of it uh, is going to hit here a lot quicker than they think. Yeah. And so you're at a house now, is it four or five of the, the other players from uh, from from your team or, or who is it? So we actually, everyone, all, a lot of the Irish, actually all of the Irish have gone home bar me and Will Leonard right. uh, from Limerick. So we've been living together for the last two years. And then there's another player from South Carolina, Alex McDonald here. So it's just us three left in the city that are right. from, that aren't from New York City. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy times. Was that a decision? Like, did you decide to, no, I'm going to stick this out or are you still considering coming home? I'm still considering coming home, definitely. Um, I actually had flights to come home tomorrow. We were supposed to have our our bye week starting tomorrow. Um, So I was actually going to go home and surprise my mum. But uh, they got cancelled. I was actually flying from New York to Paris, Paris to Dublin uh, with Air France, but they've cancelled all those flights. So not coming that one. Okay, so you'd sit it out for, for a while yet? Yeah, sit it out for a bit. I mean, I'm just sitting and I'd be doing the exact same I'd be doing at home here. So it's not too bad. I've got good company. We're just doing home workouts, eating food, watching movies, typical of what you'd be doing at home. So, And it's it's just kind of nice to be... It's kind of nice to be away sometimes, but now I'm kind of getting to the realisation that I might have to hit the road soon. <laughs> Really? So, but the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think New York have looked after you in terms of contracts, you'll be safe for next year and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's great. To be honest, I, like I, I have a good few friends that are playing in Europe and stuff and it's not, it's a bit of panic over there. Whereas I think because this league is, it's get, it's growing, it's not, it's not there yet, but I think it's safe. Like all of our contracts were safe this year, which is great. It made it life a lot, a lot easier. And they obviously didn't, we were obviously given housing and stuff. So we're allowed to stay here. Like we're, they're not kicking us out, obviously. Um, but it was just kind of a shock to the whole, the whole, uh, the whole uh, coronavirus was a shock to our league just because it was so new, but I, they can guarantee that it's back next year, according to my owner. So hopefully we can keep going with it. Okay. So yeah, take us back. You're, you're apart from all this happening, you must be, you must be loving it. Living in New York city, professional rugby player. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty dream situation to be in at your age, I I presume. Yeah. No, it was like when it, when it all, when it all first started, I was just finished. I finished a degree and finished a master's and I had the opportunity to do, like I was going to do a grad visa. So a lot of my friends would have done a grad visa to New York city and our old general manager, James English, who actually used to teach in Blackrock, was the general manager of Rooney and just got on to me. And I had the opportunity to come here, like to play professional rugby in the biggest city in the world was just too big to turn down. So it was great. It was an easy, it was, well, it was, it was an easy but tough decision. It wasn't a, it wasn't so clear cut in, in my mind. I had a lot of stuff at home as well. So uh, but it was definitely a very good decision just for anyone of a young age like my myself playing AIL rugby. I was playing with Lanza and we just won the AIL. Um, and I was just, it was, it was no, it was a no brainer to move to New York in general. And then the fact that I could play professional rugby housing just looked after, it was just amazing. So, 
Yeah, and you like you'd played Lancer 19s, right? And then Connacht 20s, as yeah. you said, very successful Lansdowne AIL team. Yeah. Um, so you'd probably you you were in and around a pretty professional setup, and coming from a school like St Michael's as well with yeah. uh, with that crew of of internationals that have come out yeah. of there. Like a lot of those lads, I presume, were in in your year. Yeah, there was actually it's funny. So when I was in school, um, my head coach now, Greg McWilliams, was a teacher of Michael's, which is hilarious, right. and a coach, a coach, which is hilarious. Um, and then played Lancer Nineteens. Turns out he was the coach of Lancer Nineteens, and then. Went up to went up to Connacht to play Connacht twenties. It was great. It was a great opportunity. Just good to get out of Dublin for a small bit as well. I um, I was coming from living at home, playing for St Michael's for thirteen years, playing for Lansdowne. Uh, it was just a really good opportunity. I had spent the whole summer up in Galway. Uh, it was almost it was it was as professional as you get it get because I was living in a place with rugby players eating with a place with rugby players training with a place with rugby players doing everything together so it was it was a good opportunity to play play like a professional at the age of 19 so it was good mm. and then I think getting to New York then is is it a are you full time professional rugby player have you gotten involved in anything outside of it um, yeah so it's it's pretty basically full time there is people with my visa we're not allowed to work so it's a P1 visa um, so you're not allowed to work so we do have a lot of downtime because um a lot of people, like a couple of uh, New York natives, work uh, jobs as well. So we this year our training regime was start gym at half two, and gym till about four, uh, uh, straight on to contact and skills. Then we have meetings, uh, food, and then onto the pitch for. But we'd fit, we'd we'd go from about half two till about nine o'clock, and you get home at ten. So it's a bit of a different different situation in terms of we didn't do anything in the morning because we allowed people to get their jobs done in the morning. Yeah. But uh, a lot of us would check into the physios and the doctors and stuff before that. So it was, it's a full on, it's a full on full on day, but um, just in a different situation, kind of weird. And that setup was in Staten Island, is it, or is that in Manhattan? Yeah. So this year we moved everything to Staten Island. It's Wagner College. So it was actually great and it was brilliant. We actually had so it's we actually had a canteen. So it was. I think it was eleven dollars all you can eat, which is amazing. Okay. Yeah. So every every single day at half five, all these college kids would be sitting down and 34, 30, 30 to forty, we would run in and just eat every single piece of food. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Keep they, the weight piled on. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Um, chocolate milk on top, so we were all happy at that. Love it. Uh, mm. And then, what's the day to day living in in New York like? Um, you know, is it is it party central a little bit as well? Is there you know are you constantly out <laughs> seeing the sites, doing loads of touristy stuff, doing loads? Of, I mean, I presume there's gigs and something on every night of the week. Yeah, yeah to be honest, last year was a lot a lot more hectic. And um, obviously, I was 24 when I moved over. And it was obviously I'm still 25. I'm still young, but I was new to new to New York. Went out a good bit. Um, but this year has been we've been completely level headed to be honest as a team uh, like last year we were we did very well but we still enjoyed ourselves this year we were quite level headed with everything we did and I did all the sites last year as well anytime you had anyone over you had to do Statue <laughs> yeah. of Liberty you had to do the, the Wall Street the ball everything so it was a, there was a lot it was actually quite good to just it was more like living here this year rather than last year it was almost you kind of I kind of felt like I was on a six month holiday Okay, yeah. Which is pretty 
extreme. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And how, and how are you enjoying the rugby now? Are you, are you playing some some good stuff? Yeah, like before before we um, before the obviously the league got cancelled cancelled, which was awful. Uh, we were playing pretty good rugby. We we're actually building into it a lot. Um, I know I missed the first. I missed a couple of games. I actually had shin splints and problems with my calf, so. I didn't actually play the first two games, I think it was, but we were building into it as a team and we were actually getting better and better. Um, it was just kind of annoying the way it ended all, but obviously safety first. We were actually we were actually just building up to our first home game, which would have been great. But okay. sure luck. And a lot of travelling all over the country as well, I presume. Yeah, it's that's honestly that's one of the best things about the whole league. Like I never I'd never like from Dublin, if you're going on a holiday, like you'd go to you'd people would think about going to New York people think maybe about going to San Diego but I never really think of getting on a plane and heading to Austin or New Orleans or Houston where else do we play uh, Colorado like I never so when I had the opportunity to do that last year and this year again it was great just to see all these different places that you wouldn't go well yeah and then yeah. Ma- Matthew Bastero I suppose can't yeah. uh, can't avoid asking you about him yeah. and, and Ben Foden two huge signings yeah. for you how have they settled in yeah, so Fodes last year, to be honest, when I was moving over, I didn't really know what to expect because obviously there was so much about him. Like he's such a char- character and uh, he's such a big name player back in the day. And I remember seeing him play when I was younger and I thought he was great. Uh, I kind of thought there was going to be a bit of a bit of like cockiness about him. But as soon as I arrived last year, he's honestly been amazing. He's been a great lad. He'd always be the first one to text you. And even throughout the summer, he stayed here throughout the summer. We went went to Vegas after we lost the semi-final, the 10 of us, we went to, uh, went to Vegas after that. That was great. He was there. Through the summer, went out with him, where just met him for coffee, met him for food. He was actually just, he's a top lad, to be honest. I, like, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought it when I first came over how nice he would have been to everybody, but he honestly is one of the stalwarts of the group. And then, do you say that to- you say that to me like, geez, I thought, honest to God, I thought you'd have been a dickhead. But. <laughs> I actually, I actually did. I'm pretty sure after a couple of pints uh, on a night out, I've said that to him before. Yeah. And he laughed. Yeah. But, Trim- uh, Trimby, Trimby gets that all the time with us. Andrew Trimble's like, yeah. like, I thought he'd be shit crack, but he's yeah, actually, be... actually good crack. Yeah. 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 One of those ones. And how about yeah. Bastero? How's he fitting in? So again, when I came over, I thought similar buzz. Um, obviously, it's quite hard with him because he wasn't, he doesn't, English isn't his first language. So first, the first few training sessions are quite tough. And again, I think, you know, disrespect to Fodes, but Bastero is still Matthew Bastero. You know, Fodes was coming towards the end of his career. Bastero, I'm pretty sure, is, is going back to Lyon now for two years or Toulon, one or the other for two more seasons. Mm. But... He still had, he still was very much in the rugby world. And he came over and first training session, you were just like, oh my God, he's an absolute mountain. He was he, so good. He enjoyed the all you can eat, I'm sure, in the in the canteen. Yeah. Right? To be honest, I was shocked. I was shocked he had a way better diet than most of us, which I was shocked at, to be honest. I don't know yeah. how. I, like, I, I, I wouldn't be the best at dieting now. I'm very much pizza. And chocolate milk, which is good, but get he was he inve- while, yeah. yeah he get away with it for a while. But no, he he grew into it. He was actually and he he, he was very fond of the Irish lads. Um, yeah, so we got along very well with each other. Okay, so is there any indication as to you know if things will slow down when you might get back to to training properly, or is it just sit and wait? It's kind of sit and wait at the moment. I know the whole league is finished, so there's no rush to get back to training. We've been given home workouts and fitness plans. So 
do as much as we possibly can. And I'm surprised we're actually adhering to it. We're doing a lot here. Me and Will and Alex are doing a lot in the house. But uh, how are you in isolation? Are you are you happy enough to be kind of chilling out and doing your own thing, or are you? A guy who's full of energy and needs to do, needs to be busy. Yeah, I kind of need to be busy, to be honest. I'm kind of losing my head. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of the polar opposite. It's funny because Will is very, he's, Will Leonard, he's literally sits on the couch and he's like, this is me. This is me done for the day. I'm I'm happy as Larry. Once he gets his home workout in and his food provided, he's happy out. So, and then I'm just running around the house. I don't know what to do with myself, but that's grand. It's kind of nice to get a a little bit of a break, but uh, I probably need to do something quite soon. <laughs> yeah, do something. Any any recommendations for us uh, in terms of Netflix or films or anything? Just finished The Outsider. Unbelievable. I've seen it. Very good. Right? Crazy, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I watched that last week. Yeah, uh, I've kind of I've kind of done everything, man. So we're desperately trying to yeah, we're desperately trying to trying to get some insider. Yeah. We're, and we're even potentially like we review things on this show now if you if you listen in when uh, when this goes up we kind of yeah. take and show to review that's how little we have to talk about but <laughs> uh, it's tough at the stages but yeah, yeah. watch the outsider was good and then i'm gonna start to uh, rewatch the wire the wire is class so I'm gonna good man yeah i like your heads up there's also one called the uh, tiger king which is an american uh, show watch that nice. it's worth about it. to start that yeah apparently it's the, all the new race yeah, that's what I imagine when you're living in America. That's what you're up to. Yeah, get a yeah. get a job in a in a big cat sanctuary, man. If it all crumbles <laughs> down with the rugby. Uh, well, look, we'll leave we'll leave you back to it, man. Uh, thanks a million for for getting in uh, and joining us on the line. Um, best of luck in isolation. Look after yourself, and uh, if you come home, give us a shout. Yeah, perfect. Thanks very much. All right, cheers, Mark. Bye bye. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. All right. uh, In these times of quarantine and self-isolation and staying at home for the greater good and the benefit of us all, myself and Trimby have uh, been getting down and dirty. We're watching all our favorite films of all time, listening to some of our favorite albums. And thank you so much to all of you who have uh, recommended some certain albums or films for us to watch. This week, we have chosen two of our favourite from a certain period, and that was 1994-95. film is Leon, The Professional, and the album is Melancholy and the Intimate Sad- Sadness by the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Trimby, we've also decided to give a quick review of Disney Plus in the meantime, which we've been diving into as well. Um so I can't wait but Trimby you've been keeping an eye on our penguins and making sure they're okay over the last few days what's the latest? I have we've been concerned about our penguins <clears throat> obviously it's it's mainly genuine concern with uh, you know an additional side concern with our numbers going down but mainly concerned for the penguins themselves um, so we've got a positive update on uh, John Great Calverto um, brackets fake name um, he tested positive for COVID-19 over in London, but tells us his fever has started to go down after five days. He's feeling a lot better. Best wishes to John and his wife. We have another sick penguin, um, sick in the head. (laughs) 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 Sam Brown, um, uh, he was our inaugural penguin of the week uh, for obviously giving uh, Bernard Jackman and Murray Kinsella uh, a hard time. Sam tested positive. Uh a couple, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, 
And uh, now I think the, the the plot thickens as he may have passed it on to his um, fiance. But we'll get Sam on the line and he can he can tell us um, about his symptoms or what's going on. Will we? Yes, wonderful. Sam, hey, Sam, how are you doing? How are you I'm very well, thanks, lads. Much better. Um, tell us about it. Tell yeah, us about so the symptoms. What happened? Um, so I was I was at uh, my fiance's pregnant and we live together in East London and uh, we just come back from the midwife I guess about ten days ago now and I was like oh, I feel a bit crap so I went for a nap and then woke up about three hours later wet as a sheet and had a fever and then got the whole sort of sore chest and cough you know all the sort of textbook symptoms um, and it was that classic kind of like coming from quite a, a not particularly sympathetic home you don't really want to go i've got it i've got it so i sort of tried to style it out for a while but then i got a fever and was just like oh shite i think this is the thing um so i had the i had the symptoms bad bad enough for three or four days uh the fever kind of came and went and then um managed fortunately to pass it on to my fiance so uh i'm 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 uh, i think i'm entirely better at this point and um i think she's over the worst of it as well oh she great that's that's first concern obviously you're you're secondary <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, she's, so she's back up. She's back. She's back up to nagging me incessantly and eating two to three <laughs> Easter eggs a day, which I think is a good sign of recovery. <laughs> uh, so, in comparison to uh, a regular flu, how, like did it feel different? I suppose that's always the, the yeah. first thing that pops into my head. So, like I'm aware, like because I'm sort of young and ish, like 35, and supposedly healthy. Um, it's not like we're not the ones who are massively at risk from this. So it was like it, it did feel different. It was it was like I've had worse flus before, you know, it wasn't like I was snotty or blowing my nose or anything. It was just like this really annoying dry cough and there's fever three or four times a day, but not like not like mad fever. You know, it was only like temperature of 100, that sort of thing. Um, and it was like it was very treatable by paracetamol. There was one one day where I was feeling very. I think it was just the day before my birthday. I was feeling very sorry for myself. And um, oh yeah, that's right. I'm not 35 anymore. I'm 36. Uh, <laughs> coronavirus stole my birthday. <laughs> um, there, was, there was one day where I was a bit worried, and I called 111. Um, uh, but no, I've 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 just got steadily better since then. But um, it's it's just it's made me you know we're very lucky like we're both young and healthy and what have you. Obviously, there's the added worry about the wee baby on the way, but that doesn't seem yeah. to have been any complications so far. But like I've got loads of loads of friends and family and people with like elderly relatives and people who've you know got weakened immune systems and things. And I, I know it is a really really hard time for them right now. So was the same then for your fiance, uh, same symptoms, uh, and it was no more severe or no more difficult then with her um, no, she, pregnant? Irritatingly, she had it way milder than me. She was just like, I don't know what you're making such a big fuss about. Uh, um, <laughs> it was the classic. Classic kind of man flu thing. I was like, she just sort of just she just shook it off and got back to being annoyed about being six months pregnant in no time flat. 
Okay. I was going to ask when you're due, so that's even another few months left before. Um... Um, when it, solstice, baby. We go all due on, around, uh, around the solstice. Lovely. Um, and is that your first kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, big step, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really excited. I probably, I probably, have, I don't think I've thought, I don't think I've thought through the, uh, the, the sort of the. I haven't read the small print on all this thing, but like you've had twins and you still look fine. I'm grand. It's easy, man. Yeah. Not a bother. Yeah, one, one will be Jesus. You don't even know. <laughs> and Trimble's got loads. Yeah. I, even, I can't even remember how many. Is that it was three, three last day. Last I heard, I've got three. <laughs> yeah. Sam, do you have any idea where uh, where you caught it? Because um, there's one theory going on there that um, did you get the letter from Boris Johnson that he's been licking the envelopes? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's been, as I'm sure you guys have seen, there's been all kinds of mad hysteria kind of going around, um, you know, all sorts of crazy theories about it coming from 5G or, um, yeah. you know, it's plot or what have you. Um, you know, the, the reality is I live in East London and there's a lot of metal surfaces, a lot of windows, a lot of doors. And, you know, b- before this all kicked off, I didn't even think about all the things you touch in a day, you know, get, I mean, getting on the underground is just like a big Petri dish. So I now yeah. have, I literally, when I go out for my shops now, I have my, my workers gloves, my, my my bane mask from uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my sort of my uh, my my ISIS buff, and uh, I've got a, a big sheepskin coat that makes me look like I'm huge. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> no, nobody bothers me because I look like a lunatic. So uh, <laughs> social social distancing hasn't been an issue so far. Is, yeah. Have you and, have you considered? Um, so has your behavior changed since you've got it? Because obviously you're inclined to think you're probably, you're probably immune now. So is it, you know, can you get away with more now? Well, I've, I've got a few of my really good mates are doctors, um, you know, and they're, and I sort of check in with them, you know, and they're, they're the guys who are having a really, really shit time at the minute, you know, working nights and they're bringing thousands of people out of retirement and, you know, they're having to set up, you know, whole big wards of palliative care and things. And so I chat to them as much as I can. And I'm really kind of trying to be mindful and trying not to get complacent because, I, you know, to the best of my knowledge, I've had it. To the best of our knowledge, that means I should be immune. But because it's a new virus, uh, no, you know, nobody knows. You know, it hasn't been studied yet. We don't know if it lies dormant, you know. So it's, I think, better safe than sorry is the only way to go, you know. And, you know, the, the idea of kind of getting a bit cowboy about it and then infecting somebody else, I think, is, you know, that's terrifying. So I'm, I'm hunkered down for the long haul. I'm gonna. The aim's to finish Netflix. Did you, Sam? So with with Doctor Friends, then you're obviously you have more of an appreciation of kind of what guys in the front line are going through. Did you do the the clap outside your door at eight pm last Thursday? Barry, I don't know if you guys do this down south. I think it might be a UK oh, we thing. Did. We did. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, did you do some? 
I did do the clap and I felt it was lovely and I had goose pimples and I felt great. And then I saw a tweet the next day from someone in Germany that said, um, in Germany, we uh, appreciate our health service by paying them properly. And that sort of put it in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Pay them in claps here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I fell for it then because I, I was, uh, um, myself and Barry were talking about this. It's quite... It's quite an emotional time, and I felt a bit a bit cheesy and a bit dorky going to the door at 8 o'clock, and I was kind of looking out to see if any of the other neighbours were going to be doing it as well. I didn't want to be the only one opening up the door, and everybody was clapping away, and it was a lovely, lovely community spirit, lovely moment, and quite emotional. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on at the minute, and, and I feel more emotional in general. Uh, and it feels like, so we're talking about, talking about movies, everybody's watching Netflix, everybody's watching Disney+. Plus. Um, it feels like you know the way um, on flights, people are inclined to get more emotional because you're you kind of feel slightly more vulnerable on a flight. I remember um, Tommy Tommy Bo telling me uh, how he was bawling his eyes out on his way home from Vegas watching um, Marleying me. <laughs> We've all been there. To be fair, that 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 movie would make you cry the best of time, but. Um, but I I watched. Um, we'll maybe get into our our, our reviews, Barry. Will we? Um, I think. Because... I think why you get so emotional on a plane as well is because it's something to do with the oxygen. Um, I don't think it's that you feel more vulnerable because you're. Oh, you don't feel uh, like you're. Um, you might die, so you might as well die. I, no, no. I think, I think, think you get a little bit high. I think in, in my case also it's usually because on long haul flights I'm fairly smashed, which I think makes you more inclined <laughs> to get emotional. I went to, I was flying to West Africa once um for a job and I was sitting next to this like huge Ghanaian lady and um I made the terrible mistake of putting the movie up on, you know, the Pixar one. And I was just inconsolable for the whole start to finish. <laughs> and by the end she, she was just cuddling me and going, Oh so right, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've had a few of those, man. It's uh, I watched Lemmy's on the last flight I was on, and I was bawling, crying as well. So it happens. But uh, did you get a chance to watch Leon over the few days, lads? Ah, uh, yeah. Go on, Sam. Give it your thoughts. I watched. I watched the director's cut version, the French one, uh, which is like longer, and it's apparently. It's a, it's a little bit more intergenerationally challenging, put it that way, but yes. it's brilliant. It's absolutely do you, do you know, brilliant. Do you know why that is? It's because the director, uh, Luke, Luke Bichon, right? He, his, his wife is the girl who's at the start of it. Do you know the girl who's, at, who's, the, who's the, I think she's a prostitute in the first opening scene. With the fight right? guy. That's his wife in real life, right? And they met when they were when she was twelve and he was twenty nine. Um, they were family friends, and but at fifteen she declared that she loved him, and then they obviously didn't get together for years, and then they got together when she was an adult, and that's where that's where he got the idea. Isn't that fucking mental? So it's, a, it's it was a my least weird. it was it was the least favorite bit of the movie. Just the general kind of dressing up and those two that relationship. It was about half an hour in the middle of the movie where Gary Oldman was nowhere to be seen, and it was crap. <laughs> and you realize how how reliant like the first 
first half an hour, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. And then the last 20 minutes were incredible because Gary Oldman was in every scene and he was unbelievable. And then you realize how, how reliant the whole movie was on him. And whenever he's missing, it's crap and boring. Um, so true, true fact from my friend Tom, uh, which I found out this morning, because uh, I got, you know, I got, we did like a sort of little mini viewing party in London. Um, and we're sort of texting each other the whole way through. Apparently, Gary Oldman ad-libbed, you know, the whole do you like Beethoven thing? You know, the oh, bit where he comes, okay. he comes through the, comes through the curtain uh-huh. and all that stuff? Apparently, yeah. he ad-libbed that whole thing. Wow. And like, it was He's proper, amazing. like... Yeah. yeah, when he does the the crack of the neck thing in the bathroom as well, when he when he creeps up on her and he just takes he pops a pill and he does this crack of the neck thing and mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, he's a bit over the top at, at times, but I'm like I don't I don't care because it's it's an action film but it's artistic right so you're like yeah go for it yeah he's er- he's earned the right to be over the top same as in same as in true romance he can do whatever he likes frankly as yeah. long as he's an arch villain yeah. He appeared in our in our last two films. There's obviously a connection there, um, but yeah, I, I I agree with Trimby. I first started watching. I actually turned it off at the part where they were dressing up and stuff. And um, but but when I got stuck back into it, yeah, it's it's a phenomenal film. To be fair, um, so. he was ahead of his time as well. I think um, he had he had those kind of John Lennon. Well, obviously uh, that's after after his time. He had the John Lennon glasses, and he had the. He kind of had the like the loose um, jeans, yeah. like short jeans, and he was showing his white socks. It's kind of a bit of a yeah. twenty hipster vibe. It's a trend it? now, yeah. It's like yeah. A, the murder capital so in that old lads are dressing like that. I'm thinking this is going to be my new grocery shopping outfit moving forward. I I'm bored of it. So Jesus, little hat, John Lennon glasses, <laughs> and then loads of grenades <laughs> under my trench coat. <laughs> 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 Very good. To see someone coughing, just throw a grenade. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we won't get to that. Um, what about uh, Smashing Pumpkins? Are you a fan? No, no. Jimmy, you take this. You take this one. This is uh This is your. I am. I am a bag. big fan. I, I certainly was when I was a youngster. I was a big fan of Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Sadness is just such a, a strange. Such a strange move for a band that had a little bit of momentum, and, and then they just kind of rolled the dice with a double yeah. album. I read a little bit on the um, on how the album was was recorded, and uh, it sounds like everybody else in the band uh, hated Billy Corgan basically because he kind of ruled the roost, and he did all he, he recorded all the bass parts and all the guitar parts and everything um, for Siamese Dream, I think, and yeah. then um, Darcy Darcy Retsky and um james eha they wanted kind of a little bit more to do i suppose to, to contribute a little bit more to the the double album it was inspired by the beatles the white album um which is a tough <laughs> tough act to follow um yeah. to be fair and then their recording process there was just this this factory and they had like two different studios running alongside each other apparently so they churned out like um 58 songs i think only 20 only 28 made it into Melancholy. And then and the other 30. 28. Yeah, 28 songs. And he produced it himself, right? He did. He co-produced it. Um, Flood, Summon Flood. They moved away from Butch Fig. Who, who else did? Did Butch Fig do any other? Um, I think I think there's a couple other big ones anyway. 
But he got ditched, and then they they co-produced it with this guy, this new guy. Um, but we loved. What, uh, what's your favorite song on this one? Oh, uh, um, I'd say probably tonight. Tonight, um, it's the big one, or maybe zero. Um, bullets with butterfly wings. I listen back, and I like I wouldn't have. It wouldn't be one that I would regularly listen to. Like I was into Nirvana, I was into, um, you know, Soundgarden and Sonic Youth and all that crowd. I was into Smashing Pumpkins, but when you listen, when I listen back to it, I just got all these flooding memories um, of songs. And Muzzle, I think, is my favorite song on it. Mm-hmm. Absolute thing. And uh, I read up in it as well. And he, like, he's such a creative motherfucker. Like he. He wanted the album to represent day and night, so he wanted the first um, the first side to be day and the second one to be night. And you can kind of get that sense of it throughout it. Um, and it was a smash, like such a risk to take, but it ended up being their most successful album. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like it. it, it well, it kind of paid off, didn't it? But um, but yeah, he he. I, I'm interested in the in the dynamics of the whole thing because he. Uh, was obviously, as you say, so talented, but he was obviously pretty pretentious. Even the name of the album, Twilight to Starlight, Dawn to Dusk, uh, for the the disc one, disc two, he was obviously pretty pretentious and kind of thought he was a bit of a smart artist. And I just imagine the rest of the band were like, this guy's a dick. Let's do our own bits instead. Sam, you, uh, Sam, you weren't into them at all, no, but you're from our same uh, um, neck so- of the woods. So what were you listening to back then? Uh, so I, I, whatever part, I'm from a really musical family, you know, like pianos and all those instruments and things. And I, I don't know if I was dropped as a baby or what <laughs> happened, but it's just, uh, <laughs> that part of my brain is just entirely missing. Um, I, uh, we did like a little online pub quiz the other, the other day, a couple of days ago with some friends and I, I had an unassailable lead. Like I was absolutely coasting, like Usain Bolt coasting in the lead. And then the music came, everyone came. And I just, I just fucked it, and I, I came second. And uh, my fiance made me sleep in the spare room because she said she wouldn't <laughs> date losers. <laughs> so, uh, she didn't. She didn't make you sleep in the spare room when you had the virus. But you lost. You lost the, the quiz that she made you. Sleep in the I love it. She's got. Well, look, okay, principles. We want to finish on uh, because we've watched so much <clears throat> Disney Plus. I want to recommend to people that. If they're at home, you can get Disney Plus free for a week uh, and try it. It's incredible. I've watched kind of full season of The Simpsons over the weekend. Um, but me and Trimby were talking about, Sam, I don't know if you've seen many of the reimagined Disney films, a.k.a. The Lion King, uh, Aladdin, um, Beauty and the Beast, The Jungle Book. Have you seen many of them? Um, bits of, like, I was sort of very in love with the original, like, I love The Lion King. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast is my favourite character of, I think, in cinema, arguably. Uh, maybe second to one of Gary Oldman's villains. Um, uh, his song is the one thing I would sing confidently. Um, I don't know how I feel about the the, the sort of the new live-action ones. Are, are they good? The Beauty and the Beast one is brilliant, and Gascon is unbelievable in it. I can't remember his name, the actor that plays him, but he, he like for me, they the key to getting it right with these films is getting the balance of moving 
away from the original to do something you know that's that's unique and and putting your own stamp on it but then obviously representing and and staying uh true to the meaning of the film and so on and mm. like the lion king was a fucking joke in my eyes because they just tried to do exactly what the original was and uh just just put the same char- similar style characters in there and tried to make the same film not changing it a bit like every single scene is the same and it just crap Whereas the Beauty and the Beast, because there's uh, there's animation and there's people and there's really good actors in it, I think they've got it nailed, and you can sense that everyone believed in that one. Aladdin, look, but similar. Uh, the Jungle Book, then Trimby, have you seen that? I just watched it um, last night and this morning. Uh, loved it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, and uh, I introduced. Uh, nailed Yeah, yeah, it was great. Although the first. First 10 or 15 minutes, I felt like I was watching Homeward Bound. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where the dogs are chewing to make it look like they're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like that. Um, it took me a little while to get used to it. After 15 minutes, it kinda, I, I got lost in the, the, the scene whenever the um, Shere Khan comes down to the water hole. Uh, and the, un, under the treaty and kind of gets all threatening and all. Then I, I got into it then. Um, but the Lion King, so I haven't seen the, the the remake of the Lion King based on your recommendation not to watch it. So I haven't seen that, but I sat down with uh, Jack and Molly to watch the original Lion King and they were glued to it. So they've watched the original Jungle Book, um, uh, the, the Little Mermaid and the Lion King this week, all the originals. And they were glued to the Lion King, especially Jack. He was transfixed; like you couldn't get his attention when he was watching it. It was amazing to see. Uh, yes. And then we had a, we had a moment. So um, Sam, my my two youngest, Katie, the newborn, well, eight, eight months, and then Molly's three. Molly torments Katie, like tortures her. After watching the Lion King, right? So Katie's starting to get; she's on her knees. She's kind of like climbing up on things a little bit. There was a moment. It was a reenactment of um, uh, Scar and Mufasa, and uh, Akiri's cl- climbed up. She's on the sofa like this, and then Molly has this moment. Where she, she's like, "I could fuck you off into the wilderness here." <laughs> I was going, "Oh my goodness, this is our lives are going to become like Disney movies over the next uh, six months if we continue what, what just to." What did say? That long live the king! <laughs> he throws it. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw it coming. I saw it coming. I managed to save Katie, but there's been uh, numerous occasions where I didn't get there in time. Um, but that's that's how that dynamics um, shaping up at the minute. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, well, my favorite of my favorite of the four is or the five is Jungle Book. Is, Have you seen it, Sam? Is, Chris, is, is Christopher Walken King Louis, or did I make that up? Yes. What a what brilliant example of that film is that it tells the story kind of differently, and then it uses uh, like uh, brilliant actors that are so different to the original voice actors that would have done it. So. King Louis was kind of this happy Egypt in the in the original. He was like, "Way, I'm an ape." Whereas Christopher Walken, he's just playing Christopher Walken as a gorilla, um, and he's so, so like, yeah. a great liar. To go into that, um, and then uh, you know what's her name is Scarlett Johansson is Ka the snake, and she's brilliant. And Bill Murray, who's my favorite actor of all time, I think, is Baloo the bear. 
um, and he just be, he's just himself and, and he nails it so if anyone hasn't seen it get out there and watch it it's brilliant Sam I think you're our, you're going to be our penguin of the week again man <gasps> right as we've got time in our hands can I actually have the penguin now Trimble maybe disinfected <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where the penguin is Sam <laughs> we have a clue you have to make your own penguin. You have time in your hands. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should all do that. I, 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 I was so proud when that was announced and I told my fiance and she thinks rugby's stupid and she's no idea who any of you are. And so it took a lot of a lot of like a lot of sort of context and explanation to get to the punchline that I was really excited about. And then she was just like, You're an idiot. But uh, <laughs> it still meant a lot. Well, it means a lot to us too. And uh, we just want to say thanks a million for coming on and joining us, man. You've been brilliant. A few things keeping me sane at the moment. <laughs> we will, we will. Uh, <laughs> and best of luck over the next few months as well, man, with the new arrival. Uh, I hope it all goes well. Oh, cheers. Thanks, all right, well, look, we're going we're gonna to wrap up. We're going to wrap up the end of the show with you on here, man. So look, cheers to everyone else that's, uh, that's helped with the show to all our incredible crew in uh, in Dublin and around the country who have been doing this from their own kitchen, uh, to Dermot, to Paul, to Anthony, and to producer Pat. Thanks a million to everyone that's tuned in and listening or watching. Sound, hope lockdown is going well. Look after yourselves. This has been Baz and Andrews, House of Rugby, here on Joe, together with Guinness. Party on. Party on, Party on Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.